This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our weekly podcast, our TGT podcast, where I'm joined by a few guests to break down the week's action. We've got two games to obviously talk about. The most recent, arguably more impressive than the first, although after that 90 minutes in Greece, you might not have thought anything could have topped it. We're going to crack on with today's show in just a second. I'm joined by three wonderful people. First of all, it's Mike. How you doing, mate? Dry Mike, we should say this evening. Dry. Oh, that sounds like something else. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am bone dry, uh, as it were. But no, I. Uh, yesterday was an interesting day. Uh, couldn't sleep, so woke up at around one a.m. Game kicked off at seven. I kicked yeah. off at about five forty-five. You know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, probably about six hours of podcasting later i think i turned the camera off and that was that so uh not not a very uh you know not a very entertaining day yesterday i don't really think much happened of, of any note but, no no it was pretty dull but none, nonetheless it's it's led me to uh to be drinking powerade today if you know what i'm saying so uh i'm also joined by a complete stranger uh, as you can see from this camera it's ian how you doing mate i'm calling you ian is <laughs> <laughs> Ian's no beard. Owen is with beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know why. I'm a, I'll not lie. I put the wrong shaver head on yesterday, so I did. And now I look twelve. But it'll be back soon. Don't worry. And everyone, I'm ashamed at how fat my face has gotten. But um, no, it was good. Good yesterday. Anyway, um, do you want to know what? See, when I watch Arsenal matches, it's a very tense affair. I've got calves like Lance Armstrong on the juice because I sit on the edge of my seat freaking out for 90 minutes. And um, it was for the first time in a long time yesterday, we actually were comfortable uh, sort of playing into the win yesterday towards that final whistle. And I know that because I only used to do that. And I only know when I was doing that, when I was lying back in my sofa, chilling out, you know, and it's been a long time since we were, comfortable on a lead so it was sort of good i can't wait to break it down because it's not too often we have a complete positive performance to talk about 
<laughs> no, get, it's not. It's get, get, get that monologue out of the way before we do our podcast after this, because I don't understand a fucking word you just said. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I didn't understand that story any more than I understood my own, but. <laughs> no, do you want to know what it is? We're working Wayne, out the kinks. Wayne, we were talking pre-pod about those Guinness paints, and Wayne sent me the video, and I watched it, and now I can't get my head off a pint of Guinness. It's been too long. <laughs> I was going to say, we're also joined by the smuggest man in Ireland right now. Um, it's, how you doing, Wayne? You all right, mate? You're muted. <laughs> he's, 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 he's either really drunk or muted. No, 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 no. You can't spell yeah. smug without mug. By the way. <laughs> no, all good, yeah. Evening, Tom. Evening, Mike. Evening, Ian. Um, we're, uh, we're ready to go on the back of a couple of good wins for a change. So I'm going to have a drink and enjoy the ride. Yes, it's it's going to be a nice game. To, oh, to be fair, we've got two games to talk about. Um, we'll, we'll only touch on Benfica ever so briefly because we have obviously reacted to that. But Mike... We, we like to do things the hard way, uh, it's fair to say, and that's what happened on Thursday. Huh? <laughs> Are you not listening? Well, I, I, no, the, when the players got off the bus, they were uh, they, they looked like they were up for it. That, isn't that uh, what you said when you were playing FIFA during our podcast? I, oh, I lost oh, track yeah. of what you were saying. Uh, said I said we looking... like to do things the hard way, which is what oh, we yes. certainly did on Thursday. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. No, okay. Now I'm now I'm on board with you. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that was a roller coaster for sure. I uh, uh, I didn't quite know what to make of it, but I'll tell you, for the entirety of Thursday evening and all day Friday, I was just basking in the glory of of enjoyment. I I couldn't I couldn't get wrapped up into what went wrong during the game because if I had. It's like a rabbit hole you could never get out of because so much went wrong during that game. Um, but, you know, since when do we win games that we had no business winning because we'd already thrown them away? That hasn't happened in a long time. And uh, and I enjoyed it. I mean, I'll, I'll take nothing other than we're through to the next round. Sock is immense. Aubameyang's, you know, playing playing like a beast again when he gets that kind of service. And, uh, and I think it set us up nicely to go into the weekend. Yeah, it really – I mean uh... – We've had a really poor record, Owen, of of playing games after the Europa League match and losing them. I think it's before the Sunday, it was six out of seven or six, seven out of eight or something ridiculous um, like that. So we knew there was going to be heavy rotation from that game. There were six changes to the starting lineup. And I, I, to be honest, I'll be very clear about how I was feeling when I saw the lineup. I was like, okay, we've... We've probably thrown this one, this <laughs> is fair to say. And after six minutes, I was like, we've definitely thrown this one because we're just allowing Leicester to run through and score. It wasn't the best of starts. No, it wasn't. And when, when uh, very much like yourself, when the lineup was released, I thought to myself, well, now it's clear to see that we're completely prioritising Europa League and that the league's basically done and I thought to myself as well even those top six places were were sort of non-achievable with the with the fixtures that we have coming up but that that game has sort of slightly changed my mind I think the one, th- one thing I will say is I think Mikel Arteta was praised um for a couple of his selections the bravery behind them and and one in particular which was William which I'm sure we'll touch in maybe a more detail on his performance in, in a while but what I would say is that even after the game, I still I know that you're gonna hate this man because because it's still a negative. 
even though he done so well, I still have an issue with it. Because for me, Mikel Arteta, with a lot of the fan base, you could almost say the majority, or 50-50 split maybe, he's walking on eggshells with a lot of them. And to play the player that has received the most abuse, the most criticism, to have such questions hanging over the manager in terms of um, persisting with him for too long, uh, and to pick him in a game like that, I think it was it was slightly stupid on his part. It was brave, I'll give him that, but <laughs> I still think it was slightly stupid. It's the equivalent of, say, for example, and here you go, here's one of my little uh, tangents I'll go off on. It's the equivalent of Mike, say, for example, walking into a casino and taking all his money, all his, all his equity, and placing it on 21 black. I and, do that all the time. And coming in, wait, and coming in as a winner, okay? Because... Yes, it might have paid off, but it's ridiculous. He's got a family. He's got a, you know, he's got a life. He has to provide for a family. It doesn't make the decision. He bought right. a Willian shirt for a random. He's got the money to throw it on twenty one. No <laughs> yeah. But no, what I'm saying is, just because it paid off doesn't mean that the decision was right. And when you talk about the team selection, I think that's the only issue I have with it. I was ecstatic at the fact that Mikel Arteta finally showed showed the guile to um, drop Hector Ballerin and put Cedric in. I was happy to see Pablo Mari get a game as well. I was I was really happy to see Bakayo Saka get a rest too. So there was a lot of good decisions in it, but I still think even with the hindsight of that great performance from Willian, um, I think it was an unnecessary risk for a, a manager that's in a fragile position with a lot of the fan base. Funny thing is the, Bellerin, the the William decision actually did cost me money in the long run. <laughs> so, so your your analogy is actually your actual your analogy is not far off. Actually, it didn't cost me all of the equity of everything I own or whatever, <laughs> whatever you said, but it cost me about one hundred twenty bucks. I, I think the I think it's you you raise a, a good point. I think it was the fact that it is brave. I, I interpreted it as basically he came on against Benfica, Wayne, and did really well. To, to, I mean, considering the form that he's been in, I thought he did well when he came on against Benfica and he set up that performance himself. Do you think that there's an element of law of averages, I suppose, in the Willian performance? He's been so bad for so long that eventually he's got to turn good? Or is it... How do you explain that display from him? Well, just about... Yeah, I was going to use a different phrase... Uh, that you you use a law of averages. It's gonna say like basically the bar William is on the floor, so it's a case of like he can't do anything much worse than what he's been doing anyway. So I mean, you keep chucking him in there. Eventually, he's gonna turn into the the decent player that we've known over the years. I suppose or come up against ourselves. That I found it funny that the news that came out this week about him that he wanted to stay at Chelsea. You know, um, and I'm wondering did he read that and kind of just something twig in his brain and say, you know what, Chelsea's gone, I'm I'm here now, I might as well get the boot down because um, for whatever reason, the last few weeks, we're, there's been a lot of press talk about um, Arsenal's youngsters being the ones to save the season, which is, look, there's no, no denying that Smith, Rowe and Saka um, have been the star players uh, and the ones that have kick-started the season. Now, if I'm an older player, especially a Willian, uh, or even a Lacazette or an Aubameyang I know he's had his own personal but like I'm looking at that saying hold on a minute here these are only kids these are 19 and 22 years old um, or 21 years old Odegaard coming in as well another young lad that we've thrown a lot of responsibility on now if I'm a Willian I'm looking at that saying do I get my act together here is it time to get my act together and actually I'm supposed to be the one leading the, the young lads rather than the young lads leading me 
And you're wondering mm. to yourself, there's something twig in the last two or three weeks with all of that, um, all of that kind of being pushed in the press. Everybody talking about it. every time they can have every, every news media outlet mentioning it that Arsenal are being saved by the young lads, the young lads, the young lads, the young lads. It must be embarrassing being an older player on such good money, ha- actually being dragged along by guys on you know a portion, a fraction of your wages. And you must think, oh, fuck it, maybe I'll maybe I'll knuckle down a bit and 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 actually put in a performance because for all for all intents and purposes, Arsenal has been the holiday camp that everybody has made it out to be up until the recent exits of the so-called virus players, which is your Mustafis, your um, mm-hmm. Kalasinac, Ozils. And I do believe that a culture shift is happening at the club. And I think the likes of a Willian, uh, you know, he looks like a very kind of materialistic guy, the way he kind of carries himself on social media, a bit like a Bamiyang in a way. And you know what I mean? Like, he just, he doesn't look like the type of guy, Roy Keane just gets in there in a pair of Diodora boots and goes out there and just whacks out a 9 out of 10 every week and puts everything into it. He's just a little bit more flimsy kind of than that. Maybe mentally, I just don't know if he was quite all there with us. But I just think... He doesn't shop weeks... at Tesco like some people do, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. A tyranny, yeah, somebody like a tyranny, White tries. Like <laughs> but but you, can't, you, get, you get what I'm saying. He, he just looks as if he's taken a while to actually just really gets, get, gets, get, either get settled or, you know, get, get, um, get on board with whatever Arteta has had to ask him. And I think being dropped for that amount of time has kind of given him a fucking serious kick up the arse because he's had these two games and I didn't ex- he, he played well and of course everybody's going to turn around and say like uh, oh whatever like he, he had a yeah he made a good pass or whatever uh, against Benfica but he backed it up he backed it up with a start against Leicester away from home which for me I think myself going all right maybe this geezer has turned a corner because you don't go to uh, Leicester against a Rogers team Okay, injury injury riddled as they have. Don't go up there and and tear the place asunder like the the way he him and Pepe did. Like you know, even Pepe is another lad who started to get stuck in. But Willian, yeah, I do think that maybe I hope that the the, the grief that was kind of coming towards the senior players in the in the in the last few weeks by the media, they've kind of you know read up on it a little bit and maybe so decided. No, they shouldn't have had to be told it, but it is what it is. So um, maybe they have kind of turned a little corner and said, you know what, let's let's knuckle down here for the boss and see exactly what we can achieve out of the season and, and not place so much responsibility on these young lads anymore. Can I just uh, <coughs> defend myself a little from the, the, the abuse I'm getting in the As soon as you said it was stupid that Arteta <laughs> I was like, right, you know what channel you're on here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you want to know what the, the, the boys don't realise. I'm what, I'm one of them. I, I'm normally in that chat, and I see every single person in there normally scrutinising Willian after a dire performance as well. What I'm not saying <laughs> is that I want Willian to do bad, or I think Arteta's a moron for for picking him. What I'm saying is that with with the statistics... With, with the, the, the ends don't justify the means, is what you're trying to with, say. With yeah? the statistic, statistical output or lack thereof that William has produced so far it was it was a risky decision to put him in and and yeah. and you can't say it, you can't say it wasn't because if we had him went out and got slapped and he had to put in another mirror of a performance the backlash would have been unreal now mm-hmm. what i will say is that he has been very good and chelsea fans will tell you this that he hits these patches every season where he has a run of decent games and we might be seeing the start of it which is dead on but I want him to do well because for me, 
he has the potential of becoming another Mesut Ozil, another older player with a massive contract sitting there being useless. And I don't want that to happen because we've just got out of that rut. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that um, I didn't enjoy his performance yesterday. I'm not saying that it was very brave, Mikel Arteta. I'm saying it was possibly an unnecessary risky move that, that he didn't really have to make, you know, but you yeah, missed hundred percent of the chances you don't take, though, Owen. I think, I, I think it's we start with these silly. Oh dearie me! Um, I think it was brave considering the amount of people that were dying out for Gabriel Martinelli to start a game, and the fact that he's not started any games and didn't start this one either. Um, and instead, he goes to William. I thought it was a brave thing, and a lot of people that are like on social media were crying out, and then all of a sudden. It's Arteta's got a personal vendetta against Martinelli. I don't get this, Mike. You raising your hand? Do you? Well, no, no. I, 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 it wasn't that he has a vendetta against Martinelli. I don't believe that. It was. It was. Oh my God! I can't believe he's chosen Willian over Martinelli. And yeah, but but from his words on Thursday after the game about Willian's impact, I mean, he 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 basically claimed to have set Tierney up for the goal. It was really just kind of extracted from Willian more than it was. Williams creativity but um but you could tell he was finally speaking out about Williams quality. I mean he had just pretty much said nothing about Williams through all of his awful awful games earlier in the season. He wouldn't defend him, he wouldn't extol his his merits. The way he spoke to him on, on Thursday about him on Thursday and the fact that he only played 20 or 25 minutes, I he was bang on going to be starting uh on 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 Saturday I or on Sunday. I mean, I was predicting it all from the end of the game to the beginning of when the lineups came out. I'm like, well, you know, it's going to be starting and the meltdown will happen. And I felt so confident that I could get William moving. I mean, this is this is where it, as usual, becomes about massage his ego a bit, I think. Did he? Well, no, what what I what I did was I I did the little reverse jinx situation because I put a tweet out there that if William scored or assisted on a goal and we won as a result, uh, I would buy a a, a William kit. For some, but for the you know, for one of the random people who uh, who retweeted the tweet, and you know, people think I did that because I didn't think he had a chance to do that. I did that mm-hmm. to motivate William because we do know that he yeah. reads social media, especially at, you know in the hour prior to the game that he's playing it. So um, <laughs> so you're welcome, and um, that's all I have to say. Um, it's it's funny you say about the William kit um, because like our it segues quite nicely. Our sponsors, um, football prizes. Sometimes Bill, who owns uh, who owns the company, he texts me about certain like stock that he gets in about prizes he's looking to put up on the website. And I got a text the other week saying, "So I've got this sign Willian shirt," <laughs> and he was like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Mate." Do not put that on the website, right? <laughs> Do not put that on the website at the moment. Um, and so we had a much, much better idea. And instead, he's he's put this on the website, which is this week's prize, which is a, a signed Kieran Tierney shirt. There are not many tickets left for this. In fact, there's 15, 15 tickets left. Um, so if you want to be in with a chance of winning this on Friday, um, signed, uh, certified, and everything, and it's worldwide shipping. So if you want it, um, you're gonna have to buy a ticket for it. But thank you to those guys over there. More details about that tomorrow on Let's Talk Arsenal. But yeah, I just said to, him, I was like, just hold fire. Wait for as Owen said, he'll hit that purple patch that he does at Chelsea. 
Does Denny he not watch the games? I mean, he got some really cool stuff to give away, but does he watch? I think he's a Leeds fan, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he hasn't. Now he's, he's watched William be dreadful at Ellen Road earlier on in the season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, dearie me, dearie me. Uh, Alex George said, Tom, I beg to differ on a William prize. Those tickets would have sold out in minutes. <laughs> I very much doubt, son. Um, Wayne, the other guy, as you mentioned, was Nicola Pepe on the other side. He also had a very, very good game playing on the right, which is a place that I genuinely thought was kind of done. I was pretty much finished with him playing in that position because he's been, he's been so ineffective. But he utterly ruined Thomas on that side so many times, got him the yellow card, eventually meant that he had to be substituted off. Do you think this could be kind of a, a catalyst, a kickstarter, not only for William, but for Pepe on that right-hand side? But you know, since Pepe's actually got sent off against Leeds, I've been quietly impressed with how he's actually played uh, when he's got started because, of course, he's been brought into uh, some matches as a sub when, you know, the, the, the game has either been lost or he's been asked to come in and, and, um, and, and change a game with 10, 15 minutes left. That hasn't really suited, suited him in that regard. But when he has actually got to start, this fella is actually starting to produce. And I've been an awful flip-flop on Pepe because... And I, I'm, I'm ashamed of myself in a way because sometimes when I back a player, I go off a cliff for him. And I kind of didn't do that with Pepe, even though in my gut, in, my, like in, 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 the, in, in the heart of me, I kind of always liked him as a footballer. I, I did too think that he has... He's got amazing feet with a, with a football if he can just you know, harness it a little bit better, be a little bit more... Um, you know, just uses up our body strength a little bit more rather than just being kind of a, a little bit more flimsy. And I think that's, it, it kind of boils down to his, his, his ultimate issue is that has he settled properly into the physical nature of the Premier League? The answer to that is obviously no overall, mm -hmm. but the answer is not set in stone because in the last, I think maybe four or five weeks, I have been quietly impressed with how he's been going about his business. And I think on sat on, on Saturday or Sunday there, sorry, um, it's been, he, he was, um, I thought he was absolutely incredible. You know, it's every time he got on the ball, he was, he was dangerous. Um, they had to change fullbacks at one point. Your man was on a booking quite early. Could have been, could have been on a second booking if the referee had been anyway fair. He was being fairly lenient with uh, some of the fouls that were being chucked in on him. But he was at the heart of actually everything that we kind of put together. Um, and, you know, he was, he, he deserved his goal uh, 100%. But like, the problem is I'd like him to start a little bit more often because he seems to be producing the numbers. He, he's, he's, getting, he's getting himself there or thereabouts. And I always think of Pepe as a kind of a difference maker. You know, even, even when he was playing bad, I thought, all right, he might, he might be playing shite at the moment, but he's surely, a guy like that is capable of, of just the most random anything, skinning a defender, getting to the byline yeah. and, and, and just doing something. He's done it so many times, even in the Europa League. And that's, I want, to, I want him to get to the stage where he's not just doing it randomly, he's doing it constantly, like a Zaha. Um, he's just lead, he becomes lethal. And I think the closest we've seen to him becoming that kind of a player was on Saturday, even though he has flashes in a game here or there. But he, he maintained a, a serious um, physical effort. His actual um, his, his effort up and, down, up and down the wing was, was incredible. And I think the fact that Cedric was behind him really worked worked well for him because Cedric was he was just so energetic on the right-hand side. Not, not everything is going to yeah. come off for Cedric, but the fact of the matter is is that 
if the, if the two between the two of those, right, they're interchanging, interpassing. Cedric seems to be a, a very good with Pepe with like little one touch passes and and create yes. little uh, uh, pockets of space and, and 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 whipping around on overlaps. And it gives it gives by by by, by having Cedric there, it, it gives Pepe that kind of it gives him more of a, a freedom to kind of roam inside. And he likes to pick up the ball inside. If Cedric is outside, he doesn't have to be there. Uh, so technically being on the right-hand side isn't too much of a hindrance for him with Cedric there because Cedric is essentially a right-hand player when he gets forward and Pepe can cut inside and create those little one-two passes with either Smith-Rowe or Lacazette playing off. And that's exactly what happened. And you've seen it with Odegaard for the third goal. Cedric came up side, Pepe got it, skipped inside, gives it to Odegaard. Odegaard one-touch lays off to Willian. Pepe continues his run, gets into the box mm. and gets a goal. And that's what I, I enjoyed about it, it was that having Cedric there gave him a little bit more freedom, it would seem, than having Bellerin there. And I think the pat the extent I don't have the the, the statistics on how, how much they pass it to each other, but apparently I, I did read it, but I haven't got it offhand. It's like twenty seven to six or something pass, like that. Something like that, yeah. And it's apparently yeah. it's like absolutely massively higher than what Bellerin or Pepe have produced all year. So from yeah. that alone, I do think that we might have I hate this word, but unlocked maybe a little something. In, in Pepe that you'd like to see maybe Arteta looked at that and went yep that's something we can definitely work with because that gave us so much energy and penetration on the right hand side that's and I remember saying about like how Hector Bellerin and Pepe on the right and how I've kind of struggled with Arteta putting him back on the right but whenever he has it's typically been with Cedric there and maybe Arteta realizes too that if he's going to put Pepe on the right it's only going to be when Cedric is going to be playing there and obviously without Kieran Tierney because of injury he's not been able to do that and I think it's maybe something that not too many people have maybe picked up on is that team selection that comes with it um and well, having some of have- have, am I wrong that some of Pepe's better performances when he was switched to the left came with Cedric, Cedric on the left? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 say that and I let you say it. The the obvious. I mean, the, the, I, I'm not going to say that Pepe would have just gone off and running from day one and the moment he came onto the squad and would have been a, a world beater, 72 million pound player. But yeah. I don't think that there's any question that we know what the problem is. We don't necessarily know whether he's unlocked or whether he's, you know, the man he was at Lille again. But I don't think he can play in front of Bellerin, whatever there's, the case the, There's been a very – there's been a change, though. It isn't just that relationship with him. There's a, there's, there's a change, much like Willian as well, in the way that they're playing. You know, there's more aggression in their runs. There's there's more willingness to do defensive work. And I just think it's – with Pepe, mm-hmm. all it is is it, it's a change in mindset. I think that when you come in – to what was a struggling Arsenal side at the time for a fee of seventy-two million pound after being the second top scorer in France the year before, um, only behind Mbappe, I think that you come in with a bit of swagger and confidence about yourself, and I think that Pepe almost came in with this idea of this team is going to change to suit me, and now I think he he's realised that I'm going to have to change to suit this team. Uh, or it isn't going to work for me, and I think that's. I think he's just surrendered to the fact that maybe he isn't just as naturally gifted as he thought he was, uh, and now he he realizes the graft that he's going to have to be put in to be a success at the club. Well, it's opened my eyes to to how important <laughs> that link up is because I mean I remember a few years ago, and I'll probably get this factually wrong, but but I remember a dynamic where Nacho Monreal had an incredible season a shit season the next season, and then another really good season after that. And the one 
constant in that bad season was I believe he had Alex Awobi playing in front of him. So it was a reverse dynamic. It wasn't the it wasn't the fullback unlocking the winger, but it was it was some quality of the person who the link up was supposed to be with on that side that was preventing you know balance, preventing yeah. the, the the balance for the other player. And and you know again with me having you know less than zero tactical nous, um, you know I don't notice those things unless they're pointed out to me. But once pointed out to me, it just seems completely obvious. And so. For that reason, uh, Bellerin, I'm sorry, you got to go to PSG. <laughs> <laughs> just for context, while Mike was talking there, I did see in the chat there was a question saying, "Did anyone else just hear a bell?" For that reason, <laughs> just for explanation, Mike does that whenever there's a what do we call it? An Englishism? Is that is that what it is? It's like a it's like an English football phrase. Your sixes and well, I know, I know sixes and sevens, and sevens. You know, or hitting for six actually is a cricket term, but like you know, diabolical. Yeah, no one walks around in america talking about how things are diabolical and that people are pulling up trees but, the call, do you oh, you call it, no but they call it the upper 90 when you score top ends when people yeah yeah and pks instead of penalty i hate those phrases and i would get like a fog like a, dun, 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 like a loser kind of bell for that but i've always since i was a I kid loved hector, those. i thought hector from breaking bad was after coming into the into the, into the podcast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, so, so yeah, I, I it's a tribute to that. And in fact, we're doing a show on Wednesday night, which will be uh, all about those phrases. It's an epic, yeah, uh, an epic, the money for asking the question about the bell in the chat is um is, is on its way thank you very much <laughs> uh, a massive thank you to abid uh who's rejoined our membership program much appreciated time and why did he leave did you ever find out no I, I just went on the thing to see how long he's been a member for he's been a total time he's been a month he was here for a good 28 days and thought Direct now this <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me did you um, say something he didn't agree with or or like maybe, that's what maybe Abid, we need to know tell us in the chat why did you leave us that's what we want to know <laughs> it was because of Bellerin he knew I was on the pod tonight so he rejoined that's what it is that must be it so maybe it's your fee that's, must, that's what it must be um, Owen pounds, everyone Box office, it is what it is he's more expensive than Charles Watts at this stage um <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone is because he doesn't charge very true <laughs> uh, when it comes down to other kind of clear performances someone else who had obviously a bit of a nightmare first eight minutes but beyond that was it's kind of very consistent was Pablo Maria I thought um, he's come in for Gabriel who wasn't even in the whole squads um, apparently there was issues with the squad recovery after Benfica we're assuming that Gabriel was one of those it's not a massive issue from what we, what we know at the moment um, but Marie obviously analyzing his game the first few minutes was was diabolical but the rest of the game and the highlight of it was obviously keeping pace with Jamie Vardy um and, and winning the ball back in, in a really key moment of the game he, he's would just you, been you say him in his pocket? oh stop doing this <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just um it, it, look I think it's very much like the the Aston Villa goal um with Ali Watkins I think yes that was probably the main thing out of that sort of sequence that that stood out but there was a sort of a calamity of errors if you if you would i think that number one the loose pass from granite jacka was was atrocious Uh, there's no excuse for that and he shouldn't escape criticism for that and 
I do think that Pablo Mari should have closed down, but I also think that Mohamed Elneny was a, cu- a culprit within that as well because he was just running back to the net, sort of chasing nobody. And I think he had, the, I think he did have um, the the pace to close that ground and try and kill off the the, the cross uh, or not the cross, sorry, the run of Taylormans. Um, and also uh, David Luiz. Uh, I've watched the replay a couple of times, and I can't see any sort of verbal instruction from David Luiz to let him know, let Pablo Mari know that he had Jamie Vardy covered and to close the ball down. But it still doesn't excuse the fact that that should be your natural instinct as a centre back. I think now in the modern game, a lot of um, uh, centre backs, especially Pablo Mari, isn't slow, but he maybe isn't as fast as some. I think a lot of the sort of slower, slower centre backs are reluctant to commit. To go for to put in a challenge too much, I think they're coached to stay on their feet and sort of close out spaces. Whereas sometimes you just have to commit and go and attack the ball. And it was just a case of he didn't. But something that we have seen <clears throat> from some of some of our centre backs, you know, look at one that just left, uh, Shaw Graham Mustafi, is that when an error like that happens early on in the match, it sort of sets them up for uh, a nightmare game and, and multiple mistakes. You know, you could even say that about pa- uh, Pablo Mari's partner, David Luis, has shown a tendency to do that too. Um, but Pablo Mari, I think, come back extremely strong. He almost looked to me like somebody who, who knew that he had made a mistake and had a point to prove the rest of the game. I think, it, we've, I think we've lacked somebody with that sort of intelligence since Per Mertesacker. You know that that they're not technically the most gifted centre back you'll ever see, but their positional awareness, <coughs> their um, uh, defensive intelligence, is superior to anybody else in the squad as well. Um, and it's I think he could be one of those signings that we look back on in a few years and think that we overlooked this guy. You know, uh, like for for example. When we talk about bad signings, people talk about Cedric and Willian. And, and Pablo Mari was, I think, unfairly thrown in with that group of people before he even really got a chance to come out and prove himself. And I think if, I think he proved a lot of people wrong yesterday in terms of his character to overcome that mistake. And not only that, <clears throat> the, the the run that he went on with Jamie Vardy to stop the goal, you know, that's a very difficult situation to manage as a centre-back when you have there's such a deficit in pace between the two you know we've seen that happen to David Luiz on multiple occasions and his natural instinct is always to to reach out and pull the shirt or pull an arm and how composed and in control he was the entire time was extremely impressive and I think if you're looking for an all-round good centre-back you can't go you can't go wrong with a person for the price that we paid for him I was very impressed with Pablo Mari and I think arguably with the shaky start that uh, Gabriel has made after coming back from COVID, I think you could almost argue that he's our he's our starting left centre back. Yeah, I think that when you look at the pair and you look at the business, the business is what's key because Arsenal have made a mistake before buying players that you would look at as who should be basically backups at the club for a ridiculous amount of money. You look at how much we spent on on Mustafi, for instance, and just other players in the back line and. He is, for the money that we got him for, the perfect type of player to come in and provide competition for your top signing like Gabriel. Go on, Mike. I can see you're on edge. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm doing maths in my head, but if you if you total how up is the maths camera, the words? How is how maths? Is I said maths. We don't say maths. Over here. Right. <laughs> it's not a calculus. <laughs> we say math. But look, okay. look. If you total up the transfer fees we paid for our top four center backs right now, I think it's something like, like twenty five plus two plus eight plus, 
uh, eight. I mean, it, it's basically it's basically no, it's not Mustafa. It's basically what we paid for Mustafa. I mean, the, oh, it, oh, I see what you the, mean. The current, yeah. the current lineup. The current yeah, yeah, lineup, the current yeah. four. I mean, we got a you know holding at two million. Uh, you know, we have uh, five. Maria well, actually, five. If, if he plays twenty games, we have to pay him a fifty million pound bonus. <laughs> pay, pay, just pay it then. Pay it. <laughs> fifty million. I, I actually, I actually have, I actually have to say there on a point that 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 Owen made there. It's funny because I actually, if if Pablo Mari came up, I actually had a had a note written down there uh, that already. I actually, well, I actually said that about him at the weekend. Uh, Pablo Mertesacker, I was calling him. Uh, I just, yeah. I'm, he's really, really. Uh, I'm massively impressed with him, and if he came in with a 55, 60 million price tag on his head, we'd be, you know, ranting and raving about him, and he'd be in, you know, combined elevens and all this crap. But you just don't get it with like these. This this has come in under the radar and just done the business. I'm massively impressed. I was I was listening. I was listening to our blog. Sorry to jump in earlier, and they mentioned a stat that he's made 12 appearances, and. He's lost uh, two games and I think won ten or or, or won eight and drawn two, yeah, like whatever that. it is. He's only he's only lost two games and both of those games were against City and he was injured within the wasn't it the first thirty minutes of that game. So you know his record's not bad. <laughs> no, he's he's just <laughs> solid and you know I, I get the comparison to to Murdersacker in the sense that you know he he's he's not super. Super speedy, but I was—I I think of him more like a like a Chambers, but much more solid in, in the sense that he's faster than you think he is. Chambers was always talked about as being slow. He's not slow. Uh, he's not super skilled, but he's but he's he's a solid defender, and so is so is Pablo Mari. And and the the thing that is like Murdersacker is that even if you're twenty percent slower than than the next guy, if you're twenty five percent faster up here. With your anticipation and your positioning, you don't have to run a sprint. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, someone got emptied. That's a good point there. I'd say is that um, is that with Mary, like what I what I enjoy about him is that he's not afraid to actually, you know, when, when say if a, an opposition team is coming in with a high press, he's not afraid, mm-hmm. to, you know, to to feint a pass and then carry the ball out, and that that relieves that relieves the midfield then because then they can. You know, back off a touch and and take and and take a, a couple of yards for themselves, and it gets us out of a, a bit of pressure. Okay, it's fine. His balls up the top sometimes can can lack a little bit, but generally his passing has been you know very very good coming out of defence. I'm 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 massively happy with him either as a backup or starting. Um, if Gabriel, if Gabriel's going to struggle to get back into the club, great. <laughs> That's great. Happy days. That is yeah. great. Yeah. You're happy right, hundred percent. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It'd be like. Uh, that's that's the thing about the Martinelli situation as well. I know it's not exactly the same because they're two kind of players at we different don't, we stages. Don't need them at the moment. Let, let them come no, back. No, of course. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing is that at 19 years of age, and as Arteta said after the game, he spoke about the fact that a lot of these young players, like we can't rely on just kids to drag Arsenal back up the table. We need the experienced players to be stepping up. And Marie is, even though he's in his mid-twenties, is still one of the more experienced players in the team. He's played in, in England, he's played in Spain, he's played in Brazil, and now he's come over and playing in England again. And I think that shows in his game and in his knowledge of the game and how he reads it as well. And he's just been a very savvy piece of business that goes under the radar at times. And I'm very he happy. He looks hungry, though. That's why I like he, he looks hungry. He looks, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's nice and to and see. it's another Edu signing think- as well, and fair play to him. 
Go on. Mm-hmm. No, that was it. Yeah, I, I was agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got about ten more minutes. Then we're going to go into uh, user questions, seeing as Mike. Um, <laughs> oh, and he um, claimed, yeah. Were you here when he did that the first time, and then claimed did, that's just that's just I've how it been, always right? has I've, been. I've always he's said a, it. He's been. a thief, be expecting that letter from our solicitor. I'm I'm gonna go back and watch your <laughs> podcast from when you first took over the channel and see if you said user questions or not. It's not, not on the channel anymore, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I I downloaded every one as you posted them, so I have a. I've been running the show for, since 2016, but according to the videos that are on here, I've been on it since about a year ago. <laughs> so it's well, it's only gotten good since a year ago. That's when we started yeah, coming. Thanks, in. mate. Uh, Where's all the old you. ones now, Tom? Where's all the old ones? I have them so in an archive. They're 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 they're, they're no, in the background. They're just they're they just, were they're removed from YouTube. Right they were removed from YouTube. I want a good Tom... them ones. I'd like to see them. <laughs> yeah. them I can still I can send you a link to it. He didn't have his parents' oh, permission dude. back then. You had to be no. <laughs> I was so embarrassed by how off the wall. So, so I was so embarrassed more so by the quality of the thumbnail that I made that I was <laughs> that I was like, I don't need this. This is my dossier now. I can't have this crap showing up on my channel. Really, hours you know, and hours of your work is, is just thrown in the trash because of a thumbnail. Plus half the people that are on those pods, Wayne, I don't like anymore. So that's, that's, that's actually <laughs> uh, this is it, yeah. That's what, you... <laughs> oh, dear, what are you laughing? He was talking about you, mate. <laughs> Yeah, I've got some, I, got some, I got an interesting uh, list of people that have been on our podcast. So, as far as what's happened with relationships since then, but you know what, we're all we're all gooners. <laughs> Sam Chester in the chat. Well, I know he's a big supporter of the channel and a supporter of other channels as well. And he's in the chat and always pointing out to make sure people drop a like on the video. So, really do uh, support Sam by supporting us and dropping a like on the video. We much appreciate. It. And also, we are on Spotify and iTunes and all the audio only platforms now, which I know I'm really late to the party on this and everyone's done it. But I actually sat down with Craig and Craig helped me sort it out and work it out. So, much appreciate Craig for that. Um, and leave us a kind review, if you would, on iTunes. We really appreciate it. So we've got about, as I say, about 10 minutes, and we'll go into some of your user questions. Um, and uh, and you can ask uh, the guys whatever you like regarding the football at the moment. Anyway, there's a few more performances that I want to talk about. Um, I, I always think it's important to look at things as a whole, and that does encompass some of the things that weren't as great. And, Mike, one of the things I thought really kind of stood out was the difference made when Elneny came off and Thomas Partey came on there was an interesting stat. I think James Benj put it out at the start of the game that Elneny had made 11 point something percent of forward passes in the first 15 to 20 minutes of the match. And when you're next to Xhaka and you're going to be need to be the guy that progresses the ball, I thought that really kind of highlighted the direction that we need to go in, which is Partey, and the direction we need to not go in, which is Elneny. Well, that that's a massive take that you've just come up with there. That we need to start Partey over Shaka over Elneny as much as possible. <laughs> oh, you know, um, I mean, come up with these things. B- between that and the fact that you're the thing around the screen still says Mainsley, you are just you are just ahead of your debt. You're just ahead of your time. Um, no, I mean I, the the irony is that what we've seen Elneny excel in is the rare times this season that we've actually needed to close a close game out. And make sure that we don't, you know, let the other team run at us and get space. Like the end of that Manchester United game, I'll never forget that 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 clip of him just running a marathon in 30 seconds, just chasing down whoever had the ball yeah. until he finally kicked it out of bounds. So for him to come off in the last 15 or 20 minutes, 
I, I, I mean, I will always allow him to come off in favor of Thomas Partey if Thomas Partey is healthy, but it, it was just some, somewhat ironic that, you know, that's the exact situation I would have been bringing him on in had, you know, Partey, for example, been in the game to that point. Um, Partey's just got to be managed for his health. I mean, I, he's got to be on the pitch. We're such a different team with him on the pitch. Uh, the game changed uh, or was saved against Benfica when he finally came on for Ceballos who was having a mare, but like, <laughs> and it's like, you know, yeah. And then he is what Andy's always said on then he's a squad player. He should never be in the starting lineup unless we are just really, really down in numbers. Uh, but he should be there basically as a closer. And I don't, I wouldn't mind him being just that, um, yeah. but it, it's going to take Partey being healthy enough to play the better part of 70 or 80 minutes in a game for that to be the case. And clearly they're not, they're not ready to, to give him that, you know, that amount of time yet. No, no, they're not. And I, he's obviously there as a squad player, and I understand that. It's just a case of when we do need to rotate. It's so important in the summer that we go out and basically that Granite Xhaka becomes the El Nenny, that he becomes the player that yeah. we begin to rotate in rather than, than El Nenny and we bring or in Basuma. someone better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, just to start um, a game with El Nenny and, 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 and have the kind of offensive display that we ended up having, I guess that says a lot about our fullbacks. Because yeah. it wasn't, you know, it's not going to come through the middle in that in that sense, and uh, and that's why I didn't think we I didn't think we had a chance of scoring a goal when I saw that lineup, much less score three and 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 dominate possession. Yeah. Um, final one before we go to uh, the chat box, Owen is is just a mention I think for for Kieran Tierney again. Um, he just plows on that left hand side just continually trying to get past the fullback, trying to get the ball into the box. And it just eventually Arsenal just keeps ticking with him in the game. It also means we can put Cedric on the right-hand side, which has been very beneficial. Um, the, the question about the captaincy always comes up. And I don't like the debate, really, because, I mean, I look at other teams and then I barely notice who's captain in the teams that we play against because in modern football, it's not a massive thing. But he is a leader that just needs to be playing in every single game. Yeah, he's absolutely vital. And I think we're seeing that even though Cedric was, I think, fantastic sort of deputising when he was absent. Um, the systemic sort of sort of collapse when he's not playing. Um, it's funny because something I, when we were talking about Pablo Mari earlier, something that I really like about him, and you see this from, from Sunday league level up to the professional level when you have a player like Kieran Tierney, is someone who likes to be so far advanced up the pitch. Often they're sort of their midfield cover on that side, and and they're the centre back that's playing beside them. You can almost all, uh, always see them getting visibly frustrated of having to cover and having to make up that ground, so as that player can go on and express themselves further up the pitch. We don't see that with our players. You almost see them encouraging them on. We I saw Granite Jacka waving them on and always looking for a pass to go out that way. I can't count how many times Granite Jacka received the ball yesterday and automatically just looked for Kieran Tierney. And to me, that just shows that this early on into his Arsenal career is that even these sort of top season professionals, if you want to call them that, but they are, you know, they're 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 well experienced um, seasoned professionals, and they're all relying on this kid who came from a sort of second tier league if you would in the Scottish Premier League and and now he's absolutely crucial I think as well <clears throat> it, it he sets the standard of of what uh, way you have to apply yourself when you step onto that pitch and 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 people are talking about 
you know, that if we don't finish in European places this season or we don't get it next season, that players like Kieran Tierney and all will move on and, and you know, maybe the likes of Bakayo Saka will stay because of the, the loyalty of the club. Kieran Tierney, to me, is someone that I think we can rely on to stick by us for a long time. He doesn't seem to me like a club hopper. He seems to me to have really bought into the culture of, of Arsenal. And I think when the fans return, that'll only increase when he sort of starts to feel the love that the fan base has for him. Um, so in terms of the captaincy, look, that's going to take care of itself over the next few years. Aubameyang's an agent striker with limited time left on his contract. And I think our, I think Arteta and the squad know that Kieran Tierney probably is the best fit for that. And uh, I would tend to agree with it. So, so why not do it now? Why, why not Why not have a situation, and I've talked about this a few times in the last couple of weeks, where they give Aubameyang the opportunity. I mean, the, Aubameyang may just say, this is a non-starter, I'm not interested in this. And if that's the case, that that's his right. But there is a scenario where Aubameyang can say, you know what, I just want to go back to, I, I don't want to have to do game, game day interviews, I don't want to have to be the talisman, I just want to go out there and score. And he says, you know, I'm here for another couple of years, Karen Tierney's the future of this club. I'm handing him the captaincy as a show of loyalty to the club and as a as a way of recognizing, you know, that Kieran Tierney is is a leader on the pitch. And, I'm not picturing uh, Aubameyang when you're saying this. Well, it just doesn't strike me as that. Obviously, someone would probably write that for him uh, because <laughs> just because that's you're right. That's not his style. But like, just have it come out as a voluntary thing where he's basically like, you know what this this is our leader for the future and I don't see any reason to wait. Um, you know, cause every, any other scenario, Arteta or Aubameyang is going to end up looking bad or looking weak. And I, I think that situation is kind of unrealistic as it is. And the fact that it, it, it may not have happened anywhere before doesn't mean that it shouldn't. Mm. No. Yeah. I think that would be such a, be such a, like a positive much. thing for the club to do. I, I do, I hear you, and I understand what you're saying there, but I just think that's that's just too, that's it's a, it's a real Hollywood kind of a thing. I don't think that's a, I don't mean that in any, in any but what I mean is that. Oh, I I'm agree, gonna, but he's like, calling it, he's calling you, you, you a silly American. How, <laughs> no, what I mean is that um, we don't know what Aubameyang has gone through to, to, to get to the level he's currently at there. You know, we don't know what, what how he feels about it. Maybe. Arteta likes his influence on younger players. Maybe Aubameyang is is a good fit in terms of a club captain around the place with younger players coming through. Maybe he's a nice, you know, he's a good ambassador for them. He's a good role model for them. That's. I remember Martinelli talking about how. I remember Martinelli talking about how Abba was really, really welcoming to him. But like, I don't see him being a leader of men either. Look, I agree with you. I agree with you. Look, if it was the if if the if it went up for a a vote tomorrow. Tierney gets it all day long and he gets it six days a week, twice on Sundays. Ding, ding, ding. Um, but in my opinion, Tierney for me is 100% going to be the captain of the club long term. And he's got enough, he's got enough um, years left to, to get there, to, to, to do that. Um, I'd love him to be captain now. But you know what? He doesn't need the captain's armband to be a captain. Maybe no. Obama Yang and somebody that's like Shaka need it. Just for that extra little pep in the mm. step, if you want. But I, I do think that Tierney is just Tierney. He's just he is what he is, and he's just he's just built that, that way. He's built as a leader, and I don't even think he cares about the captain's arm. No, don't get me wrong. If he got it, he would uh, appreciate it, and he would, you know. Right, but it's not killing him that he doesn't have. It. 
Yes, yeah, exactly. that he's not going to have it for it's sure. It's not going to change anything about him, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, exactly that as well. But maybe, maybe, just maybe that it might change something about Aubameyang. Because maybe if you took it off Aubameyang and you had mm. these younger players going, maybe Aubameyang might think, hang on, fuck am I going to, you know, look after these boys <laughs> for the club strip? Oh, I, I'm, like I said, you know if, I mean? if Aubameyang no, doesn't yeah, want to give up the armband, then it's a non-starter. That. But if but if he's yeah, if yeah. He, he's like you know what I don't need all this added pressure I'd, I'd rather just focus on my family and on on my friendship with troops and and uh, fair, yeah, you know and, 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 and scoring twenty goals a season like I mean if if that was his attitude if he's burdened by the armband and I've gotten a sense at times that he is that's just my impression then yeah. I'm talking about a way that everybody gets away. Someone in the chat said, you know, it's not obvious to give away. The coach can take it back at any time. But if that's what happens, and then there's problems. Everyone looks bad like yeah. Emery did with, with Jaka. I'm talking mm-hmm. about a way for Ed. I think Arteta can act uh, like he wasn't involved. Abba could be gracious. Tierney can get what he what he deserves to have. And everyone's like, wow, this team is together. So I, I realize I it's unrealistic. As a player with the type of attitude that he has in Tierney, I think that rubs off on certain players more than it rubs off on others. If you look at when we've had Tierney back in the side, and I do believe, right, I, I could be wrong, I, look, I don't know what the stats are or whatever like that, but I do believe that one player has benefited more from having Tierney in the, in the, in the side, in the start 11 at all times, and that's Granite Xhaka. I mm. think he has been a different player when Tierney's there and a different player when he's not there. You know what I mean? I, just, I also think that Tierney's better with Xhaka there too. I think yeah. the two of those are very, very similar. And I just think Shaka has been, obviously, had his problems, but let's put it that way. But I think he seems to have managed a little bit of consistency recently. And obviously, the team has as a whole anyway. But hmm. uh, I think he started to gather the confidence off the back of people like Tierney. Um, just being around for him, it's almost like a... Uh, you know, a, a comrade or a brother on the pitch for him in a way. So, like, he, he, he can kind of, even if he's having, a, like, he did have a bad start, he put that misplaced pass in, but turned around with an absolutely phenomenal game um, in the end, away from home. I'm like, thinking to myself, going, where's this, where's this mentality come from where he's flipped the switch, had a bad moment, and all of a sudden turned it into, you know, I'm going to change this straight away. And it, minutes later, we were, you know, back on the front foot, and then we obviously went on to win the game, and he was phenomenal. And I, as I say, I, put a tweet out the other day that I've given this fella some serious, serious go for the last couple of years. A lot of it rightly so and when it's been deserved, but at the moment I'm going I'm to hold my hands up and say that this guy has actually been phenomenal in the last six to eight yeah. weeks. Give <clears> or take <throat> the granite shack of slip-ups that come about. Don't get me wrong. I wish, I, I, wish I liked him. the guy more. I, 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 he's so unlikable yeah. you know, yeah, that, yeah. that I just, I, I, I would still not be upset if he left, especially no, if we replaced him with Basuma. I would actually okay, prefer that. But... business, Hard to say he hasn't been better on the pitch. Yeah, if he minds his business, keeps out of all that stuff with the fans and just gets knuckled down, takes his wages, wins a couple of trophies and, you know, has his, you know, has his relationship and his camaraderie with the likes of Tierney and these boys. Um, you know, that's a player who just gets in there and gets down to business. And that's what I would prefer to see rather than getting stuck into the fans and getting involved in that type of shit. Yeah. Um, so if he stays yeah. away from that, he could have a brilliant, brilliant Arsenal career because no doubt, I, I might opinion we're building something fantastic here and i think over the next 12 months we're going to be an absolute serious outfit to, if, if we if we continue on the on the trajectory well okay we'll, we'll be flatlining but i think we're going to take off in the next 12 months and i think if he's on the right frame of mind he could I'm actually really be a big part of it 
I'm really glad that you've said it in that way because I, it, it, I'm, I'm sure we're going to have a discussion a little bit later on Mike's show about kind of this discussion, but and I don't want to get bogged down there, but I'm glad that that's pointed out that we are on this level where it's it's about kind of a coiled spring that I feel like we are right now, and that's that's where it's going to happen. Um, anyway, we those we've eaten a little in bit January. Those, those <laughs> outs in January could not be more understated oh, yeah, as being I mean, the reason why this team is suffering. And Kalasanach, what's happened to Schalke recently? It's. I mean, we literally, I, I addition by subtraction. You know, I, we're, we're literally I, getting bogged down in the thing we said we weren't going to get bogged. Well, I'm not, I, I'm not, I just, I, I, I just can't be happier that those guys are gone. I, 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 yeah, I would have right. rather gotten rid of them and two be. more than sign anybody because it's a happy team now. <laughs> we have eaten quite heavily. In it's unbelievable! It's unbelievable! The turnaround. <laughs> Um, so there are quite a few. Um, so I'm going to also you, no, I'm just Wayne, <laughs> Wayne, especially if we could keep our answers fairly condensed, it would be great. <laughs> so let's 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 no ease Wayne in. Boys. Let's ease Wayne in with a with a with an easy one. Ecal sticker says, uh, "Why do we start games so slowly? It feels as though we need thawing before we get into rhythm." E.g., City and Leicester. You could add Aston Villa to that as well. That got to uh, that got to be it's got to be fixed. He says, doesn't it? That's a yes or no question. Yeah, in my opinion, there's, there's in my opinion, there's a there's a lot of scar tissue still in this team. We've been uh, still guilty of starting slowly in a, in a hell of a lot of games over the last twelve months, and and a lot of damage has been done early doors. And with with that, uh, is it kind of um, it just. Uh, you get mentally scarred game after game and you think it's getting you're getting more nervy and nervy and I think just as we're coming out of this kind of a bad patch if you want I still think that there's a small bit of scar tissue there maybe subconsciously where they're thinking okay we're playing well but you know there's still that possibility that we could clang clang our way through the first 20-25 minutes here and you know we, we seem to do it sometimes but sometimes we don't like but uh, mm. slowly but surely we, we, we like law of averages we're going to eradicate that um, and it's much better that we eradicate it by actually coming back and winning a match. Eventually, we'll we'll cut out the, the you know the early errors and then get moving uh, in, and and start to dominate the game. But uh, you know, baby steps, I suppose. We we we've we've been getting starting slowly and getting beaten. Now we're starting slowly and actually maybe drawn or winning the match. So I'm more happy with that kind of uh, of a progression line than staying on the on the other one, which is start slowly and getting hammered. Um, so I prefer to be where we are right now on the upward side of it rather than the, yeah. the downward side of it. So I think in the future, we're still going to continue to cut out those mistakes. Please, God. Uh, Owen Matt G says, do you think there's an element of entitlement from fans in needing to know the reasons for Arteta's decisions? Yes, we'd like to know his thought process, but he doesn't owe us anything. No. Sweet. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I'm just and yeah, of course there's a, a sense of entitlement um, from our fan base. We're a bunch of spoiled brats. You know, look at us all sitting here talking about the club as if we run it. You know, it's it's 2021, man. And it's, do you want to know what? Uh, like, I remember, and I've said this a few times, probably even on this pod, but there was a, um, there was like a column on Twitter. So there was of uh, if Twitter, football Twitter existed in the, in the 90s and 2000s, early yeah, that's 2000s. From, that's from and it was, do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, and it was like Dennis Bergkamp, and it's like, why are we signing uh, <laughs> this, reject, this reject and Thierry Henry after a few goals? He's useless, Sam, and it's, it, it's just that we're so reactionary now 
But mm. what I will say is something that I've noticed over this past few days, and it's I think it's unbelievable on uh, on YouTube, on Arsenal Twitter, and, and I thought back and I says, I remember the days when Arsenal fans used to argue with United fans, and I, I remember we used to argue with Liverpool fans. We kill each other now, man. It's so divided yeah, within this family, and, it, and it's just absolutely sickening. But to shorten the answer down, there's absolutely a self a sense of self-entitlement from the Arsenal fan base and probably Arsenal more so than any other fan base that I can see um, on social media platforms. Mike, Fubar Gunner says, assuming Real Madrid want to sell and uh, and Odegaard wants to come to Arsenal, would you take him for 35 to 40 million or what kind of performance by the end of the season would make you pick him over some others? From what I have seen from about 120 minutes of him playing over four games, uh, making that kind of a decision. If it's 35 or 40 million and he shows the kind of flashes that he's had now, then, then yeah, I think I would. Uh, that assumes that that money would not be preventing us then from signing a, a guy like Basuma. If I had no. to decide, if I had to decide between adding Odegaard or adding Basuma, knowing that they're not playing necessarily the same position, um, I, I would strengthen the, the, the spot next to, uh, next to, to, um, to next to El Nani, <laughs> next to <Bart. laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, bench, then. <laughs> I don't think what I don't think we need to do is spend thirty-five or forty million on a center back. So I, you know, if we're going to make two pickups, and I, and I, well, and I, yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> and what I don't think we need to do is spend thirty-five or forty or fifty or fifty-five million on a winger. So I, you know, if there's two spots, I think we need improvement. Odegaard's already doing an audition for one of them, and the other, I think we've got our targets on a couple of people if we do it at all. Yeah. I could see us not buying Basuma because we have Xhaka and we have. And because um, no price move. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, but but yeah, I, for thirty-five or forty, sure. But if if the re- reports of them starting the bidding at eighty are true, then then they can they can just. Yeah, I but, heard those rooms. But I think it's a case yeah, of like it's either yeah, like yeah. the, the links to Awar, it would be Erdogan, and then we wouldn't go for like a previous title at Awar. And I think that makes a lot more sense. He's integrated, he's done really well so far. I'd rather he's, buy I'd rather buy him after a successful loan spell than than, than yeah, of course. take a chance on an Awar who we don't know whether he's gonna have massive struggles to the uh, to the and has transitioned and integrated and has done all this stuff. It's yeah, it's, it makes more sense. Um Let's scroll down and get a newer question. Uh, Wayne, Peter Renner says, people are saying that top four next season should be our target. If not, Arteta should be sacked. I think top six is more realistic of a target, seeing as who is in front of us. What are your thoughts? I, I, I'm 100%. Um, it, it's got to be top four for me next year. I do. I think, actually, if we kept up this kind of in the form, the next five matches could actually throw us in the mix for, you know, a fifth, maybe even a squeeze of fourth out of it if, if Leicester started to fall apart completely. But we'd, we'd have to be, you wouldn't be confident that Arsenal are going to do that now. That's, that's call a spade a spade, regardless of how we played at the weekend. Um, I'd need to be confident that they could back those performances up you know, week in, week out, um, which I'm, I'm not currently, but I do like the, the performance at the weekend. I hope that we can repeat it. But uh, next year, if we can get rid of a couple of lads um, and sign the right profile player. And the funny thing about it is that I'm massively impressed with the players that we have signed in this management regime. And that's the thing, you see, that's given me 
more hope than anything else that we're not going to squander it because we seem to be signing players that are working. Um, every, almost all of them um, have been working. And if we can do that and just you know, click the right players and get them in moving and continue this kind of a team rebuild mentally and uh, obviously on the pitch as well, I think we could be a serious, serious football side next year if we can just get the right players just to tidy up the spots there that need strengthening up. But I wouldn't be even dreaming the top six if we have this summer to go at it. Like top four minimum is what I'm thinking next year. Minimum. Absolutely minimum. We demolished that Leicester side there, toward in the league. When nine, what are we, 19 points behind? Or, well, nine now. Um, nine or ten points behind them now. Like, it's... That's, that's a joke like we, we shouldn't be in the position we're in first of all so that leads me to think that there's no chance that the likes of Leicester are going to be uh, finishing ahead of us next year and if they're going to be hovering around top six well then we're going with top four end of mm. story yeah we need no. we need we need health but with health we should absolutely be a top four team next season yeah we yeah 100 percent we have the talent to be we have the talent to be that this season but we haven't had help if Partey has been fit, yeah. I genuinely believe we'd be so much better placed than we are. If we'd have had a fit Partey all season, it's just a different story. If VAR had, had been healthy, we'd be top four. Yeah. The, <laughs> the was, amount of just, games we've lost by one goal as well. Oh, he's just brilliant, Wayne. He's absolutely, he just sees oh. so silky on the pitch and he just progresses oh. the ball like no other player that we've had. And it's just, so, when you look at the, the statistics of El Nene passing backwards so much. Physically. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And he's like, Vieira wasn't a he's defensive midfielder. Vieira was the player that would progress the ball. Gilberto Silva was the player that was sitting in behind him and being that cover for the back line. And he does give you those vibes 100%. Uh, Abid says, can you please forgive me for somehow leaving the membership? I don't even know how it happened. No, Abid, of course not. We, of course we can't. <laughs> We're already kidding. Um, last, we'll go around one more time for questions-wise. Uh, Owen says, uh, Owen says, Owen, this is for you, from Hovic, says, do you think we can replace Hector with a right-back that doesn't do foul throws? <laughs> <laughs> well, how is Sadrick? Sadrick's throw-ins are perfect. There was actually a few suspect that he got away with, I think, there the other day. Um, so there was a couple of the dodgy ones. But, yeah, no, we need, I do think we need to replace Hector Peller and regardless of his throwing techniques, I think, if anything has shown us, um, it's that even Sadrick, what we would consider an average squad player, has been mm. by far superior to the performances that he's been putting in. Yeah, the journey's over, I think, yeah. It is, and it's sad because uh, you want it to work out because he obviously loves the club a lot and um, he's been here a long time. He's thought a lot of in the dressing room and stuff, but it just I can't get over the fact that his fundamentals, the fundamentals of his game, this, this simple pass and simple movement off the ball, uh, simple shape, uh, body shape in terms of worry, worry what position his body should be in when he's defending. They're all so flawed for a person of his experience, and uh, to be honest with you, I've seen I've seen Sunday League footballers with better fundamentals, and I think ever since the injury he's lost, he's. Have you seen that guy? Have you seen that guy that throw in the YouTube video? The guy that I mean, I've I've seen this before, but there was one recently yeah, where yeah, he yeah. does the flip and he vol he he, vol he he like vaults off of his feet, and the ball went yeah. from yeah. from mid midfield Half to to the box. Yeah, yeah, and. and how bad would that guy have to be defensively for him to not be like the first name on the team sheet every week? Are you saying that? But there's always those players. Like Man City 
City when they played it. Who was Man City playing in the FA Cup? I mean, R- Rory DeLapp Rory Rory was a wuss compared to this guy. I mean, Rory DeLapp no, was no, good at throwings, but this I guy is amazing. I City were playing against in the FA Cup, and they very nearly got a result against them because they were winning like 1-0, and they just had this guy that would just continuously throw balls in the box. And you're looking at Man City, managed by Pep Guardiola, looking at this like, how do we deal with this? The strategy would be to pinball it off of their left, you know, their left midfielder, their left back, yeah. to, just, just to get it out of bounds because that's oh, better God. than a free kick. God, it's so American when you say out stuff of play. like that, mate. Out of play. <laughs> Over um, the touchline. Mike Jack Webb says, how it's good has WWE really been since Christmas? Some pundits act like he is still a weak link, yeah, even yes. though he has been a leader on the pitch. He's a weak link for the specific reason that that we all knew he would be when we signed him, which is that he was going to be good 80% of the time and shocking 20% of the time. And, and the shocking part was going to cost us heavily, not mistakes that could be come back from. And he is what we thought he was, uh, to, to borrow the phrase from from Dennis Green, if you want me to be super American on that. But he is exactly what we thought he is, and he's cost us games like we thought he would. But for the most part, That's three funny. out of every four games that he's, that, that he's not being thrown off uh, of the pitch, then, then, you know, yeah. And he does seem to have those qualities. And because I'm now convinced that he isn't the mole and he isn't the – he wasn't he wasn't the head – the head, uh, you know, person of the sh- of the crap locker room environment, the dressing room environment. Sorry that we had. Um, then, would I sign it to another year? Which wasn't the question I was being asked. Uh, no, but can I do, can I just mention something there as well, really quickly before we go? Did any of you see the thing about we're talking about moles in the dressing room and uh, uh, the dressing rooms being disturbed? Did any of you see the the stuff with Shalka and Mustafi and Kalava? Oh, oh. Yeah. I just assume it's that it's them, and then apparently it is. Like, like someone have literally just arrived. Der- Derek Ray <laughs> posted something sense. about Schalke falling apart, and I'm like, let me guess, Derek. It's uh, it's it's those two, yeah. and apparently it is those. It two. is those two. It is Mustafi and Kalasnac. They're leaving basically a revolt, and the manager's now been sacked. And it goes to show. And people, what frustrates me so much when people say that they can't see some of the good work that Arteta is doing, it is moving these infectious characters with Edu. And out of the squad. We've been crying out for someone to be ruthless. Arsene Wenger, I loved him for all the good things that he did, but he was too loyal to people that were effectively problems in the dressing room. This and is going to be such a good pod segue. This is, is going to be a good pod segue that you're doing. Right. And we are actually going to finish the show, yeah. So it is a good time to do that. There was a question from Michael in the chat saying, who would I replace Hector Bellerin with? And I've put a link in the chat. This is a bit of a plug for myself, but I did write an article um, about the five right-backs that could replace uh, Hector Bellerin. So give that a read, uh, and you might be able to get some ideas from that. Um, but I'd like to have That's a massive thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it possibly is. He was on my list. Um, thank you to my guests. Please, chatbots, give some love uh, to my panel this evening. They've been absolutely fantastic. First of all, Wayne, always appreciate to see your your Irish face back on the pod. Very happy with his Guinness. I, I watched that video while you were talking, and it did inspire me to... I've never had a Guinness in my life, but that made me want to have one. <laughs> you haven't lived. Yeah, I'll I'll hook I'll hook you up, Tom. You just say the word, I will hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Much appreciated. Tell people where they can find you, son. I don't even know my account name at this point. Just put it in the link. Uh, <laughs> he's on his he's on his nineteenth Twitter account. <laughs> Let me tell you what it is. It is vintage, vintage It's gonna be below. 
that's my yeah, that's my date of birth, so I chuck it in there, yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, one of my favourite Arsenal man. players of all time. Alex Haleb, baby. He's the he's my he's my man. There you go. I'm just typing it into the screen so people can go and follow you if they want to. It's right below Wayne's head just there. Um thank you, Owen or Ian, as I suppose you are right now with the shaved head. Much appreciate <laughs> your time this evening, son, as always. Shaved head. I know I'm going bald. It's not that bad. I say shaved head. I mean, technically, it is your head. <laughs> it's, just, it's just further down. Uh, yeah, no, here, thanks for having us on, buddy. And I'm looking forward to spending about another hour with you. Um, it's, it's Tom night. It's Tom night. It's Tom night. Oh, God. Yeah. Every night. For the, it's, it's nice because every night is usually Georgia night. So uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. But no, here, everybody in the chat box, because the scene, there was loads of people watching, and I'm going to plug our podcast. If you want to listen to us have a very similar conversation about very similar topics, <laughs> a very similar panel. <laughs> yeah, with a very similar panel. No, it should be good. It's a bit, very it's a very. Too. No, I, I think I think there's the, yeah, our, our other guest might have. Um, different uh different sort of stances on some of the issues at the club so it could get a bit debatey which is always fun so um come over and see us there at the gunners pod debatey yeah it was um and uh do some absolutely hilarious skills to keep the ball in the corner i'm I'm watching it right now like we're about i can't believe what i've just seen (laughs) This is one of the most hilarious bits of play I've ever seen. Oh, that has to to be put to music. It's still going on. This is ridiculous. All right. Anyway, Anyway, thank you, Mike. Much appreciated time, mate. Hey, uh, so so, yeah, do check out the Gooners Pod. We start in 10 minutes. It'll be Tom, Owen, myself, and Chig at Colossal Chig uh, from from Gooner Eagle Eye. We're going to. Probably spent a little bit more time talking about Arteta than we did in this podcast because uh, we know that you know that that never brings up any kind of controversy. So should be in now. Thanks for having us on, Tommy. No problem. Uh, thank you, chat box. Uh, I really genuinely appreciate all of you that have tuned in this evening. I know there was a game of football going on in the background as well, uh, which I know a lot of you people like to tune in for. But if you've, you've chosen to listen to us at the same time, is amazing. If you are listening on playback, of course, drop the video a like. And if you're watching live, of course, give the video a like and give these guys a follow on their social medias and their channels too. Um, I'll make sure to add the links into the description. Um, we are, as I said, on iTunes. And uh, there's a couple of people that have left uh, a review. I really appreciate that. If anyone is around that can spare five minutes of their time to just drop a couple of kind words and a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people uh, find the show more and it gets pushed up those algorithms. So we'd really, really appreciate if you could do that. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by Turkish tomorrow at 5 p.m. having another kind of interesting discussion, two people with different kind of views, uh, and I want to try and get that more onto the channel. So that should be fun. But if you like that sort of thing, as Mike's already said, do tune into the Gunas pod in about 10 minutes. If you're watching on playback, you'll be able to go back to the Gunas pod and watch it back. But everyone that's watching live, I'm expected to see you over on the Gooners pod in 10 minutes time. We will see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. God, we love Alex Awobi with those skills. (laughs) Fair play, gents. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection.
Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.